0: up to us talking about the military strikes on Iran last night and probably looking at video and listening to sounds of air raid sirens and explosions and all that sort of stuff. We've, if you're over, geez, 30, you've heard this sort of thing before when we've struck various countries around the world. Uh, but no, uh, 10 minutes before that was going to happen with planes in the air, the president decided no, and we uh, we did not strike Iran last night. He tweeted that the number of deaths the planned strike would cause were too many, and so he, he pulled back. I'm not sure why they didn't go with the Joe Getty plan of telling Iran, we're going to render your airfield rubble in four hours. Get your people out. Um, but, you no know, we'll see. We'll see what happens next. Uh you know I I feel like you know I'm I you could stand here arguing over one play in a football game while the next three unfold if you know what I mean it's this is far from over Well he said Trump said in his uh, his tweet I'm in no hurry to retaliate that is you know ex- exactly right there's no hurry you can you can do it now or this afternoon or Sunday or never right right you can't unthrow a punch I would be shocked Absolutely shocked if there are more uh, violent uh, actions by the Iranians, whether on shipping or our uh, manned or unmanned craft or whatever, and and hell didn't come down so, upon them. I think that was two strikes. So did you see the latest video that the Iran put out? Baseball strikes. Nothing. Showing that there was another plane that we had 30 people on board, <clears throat> that there was another plane with the drone, and Iran saying, look, we shot down the drone. We could have shot down this plane, and we didn't. Um, hmm. we're supposed to give them credit for that or something, I guess. But th- obviously that would have been a we-strike-immediately-all-hell-breaks-loose sort of thing. Right. Uh, 30 people on board. Yep. A little later on, we'll be talking to Missy Ryan, foreign uh, national security reporter for the WAPO. We're also uh, chasing uh, Faisal El-Istrabadi, one of our and your favorite guests, expert on the Middle East, uh, super smart guy. Um, so stay tuned for that. Meanwhile... It's funny how the news works. Iran has pushed its way to the uh, top of the uh, you know, the pile of things we pay attention to. Uh, let's not forget about old North Korea. Practically the same issue. They don't have a critical oil shipping lane right next to their country, but North Korea still uh, sits there developing nuclear weapons. Fathead is still a mystery. The negotiations are ongoing and probably not going anywhere very fast, and we... Had an opportunity to have a great, long conversation with Anna Fifield of the, uh, well, she's written for a number of publications. I think she's with the WAPO now. She's their uh, Beijing bureau chief. but She's she, been to North Korea a lot. She's one of the great experts and writers on North Korea in the world and has been there a lot, as Jack says, and and great conversation with Anna. Um, and we're going to play a couple excerpts. It's an Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast, wherever podcasts are given away for free because we're stupid. Um, but um, let's talk about uh, let's go with uh, number four. Talk a little bit about the uh, the early years of uh, Young Fathead. So I realize this is silly, but I was thinking about this conversation overnight, and um, I'm picturing the scenes from The Lion King, the great uh, Disney kids movie, <laughs> where a lot of the interaction between uh, the dad and the the prince is dad humbling the prince and letting him know you're going to be serving, you are not going to be served. I got the idea from the book that Kim Jong-un didn't exactly have that upbringing.
1: He did not. He had the exact opposite of that. So, I mean, he was unveiled as his father's successor on his eighth birthday, and he had this birthday party where... Uh, You know, top officials were there, Uh, his aunt and his uncle were there, and a Japanese sushi chef who was working in the royal compound was also there. And so I talked to the aunt and the uncle and the sushi chef, and they described how... Uh, you know Kim Jong un was given a little general 's uniform with brass buttons and epaulettes and everything, and real generals who were at this birthday party started saluting him and bowing to him and It was from you know that day onwards that it was impossible for him to be a normal child in any respect and he got used to giving orders you know far from serving, he got used to people serving him
2: why
0: Un and not his older half brother
1: Yeah, this is a good question. So, I mean, it's commonly been thought that the older half-brother fell out of favor in 2001 when he was caught trying to sneak into Japan. He was trying to go to Disneyland in Tokyo and very embarrassingly got got busted at the airport. Um, But I think he had actually fallen out of favor before that. And the reason I think this is because of the influence of their mothers. So Kim Jong-nam, the oldest son of the third generation... His mother, you know, she moved to Moscow when the boy was three years old. She was really out of the picture. She had a kind of mental breakdown, nervous breakdown. And she was not uh, influential in the regime any longer, even though she never defected from it. Um, Whereas Kim Jong-un's mother, she was really like the first lady. She was there in North Korea, very ambitious, very powerful. And she was positioning her sons to be the leaders from the get-go. So she had Kim Jong-un called. The comrade general and she made sure that they went to the west point of North Korea so they could claim to have the military credentials to lead this country so I think it was really the mother that was a decisive factor but you know Kim Jong-un has an older full brother from the same mother Um, I think that he was chosen even though he's the younger one because he just had this natural aptitude and he showed some kind of innate ability to be able to do this job
0: and again, we had a long conversation with Anna about North Korea and Kim and the Kim family and everything like that. It was really interesting. She's she's the best person I've heard talk about this. But we got into the death of his uh, brother. Remember the uh, remember, remember that? the airport snuffing? That whole story. So you broke the story, I guess, that Young Kim's uh, brother that he uh, he assassinated at the airport was working for the FBI or the CIA.
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, after Kim Jong-un came into power, he kind of cut off this older brother who was living in exile. So he wasn't getting money from the regime like he used to. Uh, And so I think it was for that reason that he started becoming an informant for the CIA. Uh, Also, I heard for the South Korean intelligence service, probably the Japanese as well, you know, he had this unique position where even though he had no relationship with his brother, he had a lot of uh, contact still with people at the top of the regime and he could have provided uh, very useful intelligence to the CIA about what was going on in North Korea. You know, and the CIA would be grasping at anything they could get because the simple fact is that there is like basically no human intelligence from inside North Korea.
0: Which is one of the reasons the book is so compelling. Uh, and where yeah. do you find more of that, Joe? At uh, well, the extra large podcast. Um, wherever podcasts are sold. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do one more. I want right. to do one more. Um, let's do a uh, clip number eight. Just a little bit about life in North Korea, and then then we'll uh, we'll bring you up to speed with her thoughts on the current negotiations, uh, the nuclear arms stuff. Clip number eight, please. Although he's improved the capital city, based on your writing, when you when you showed up after he'd been in power for a while, you said it was just it was shocking how different it was.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, yes. So Pyongyang is the showcase capital where the elites live. Uh, they are the people who keep him in power. They are the one percent of North Korea. So he does care about those people because those are his supporters. Those are the people who um, yeah keep him in his job. So he's made sure that they get richer and happier and fatter under him so i mean now they're you know
0: literally fatter do you mean literally fatter
1: yeah some of them yeah i mean not fat nobody's fat in north korea apart from him but you know they look healthier they are clearly you know their diet has improved they're getting what they need you can see it in their faces and in their figures when you go to north korea
0: when not (laughs) starving is the new fat (laughs) that's amazing
1: Yeah, but I mean, in in Pyongyang, if people have money, and increasingly they do have money, they can live a relatively good life, you know, probably better than they would live if they escaped to Seoul and just went and became part of the 99%. So, I mean, some people yeah. now call Pyongyang Pyeonghattan because it does have that kind of New York City kind of feel. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's to it's hit on this idea. Yeah, there are skyscrapers, and you can do a yoga class and buy a cappuccino if you wow. have money. Wow.
0: That is mind-blowing, and you go out into the countryside, and people are fighting to the death over a kernel of corn. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah.
1: People yeah. have no electricity, no running water. You know, they don't even have oxen to plow the fields. You know, it's really so deprived outside of this pyonghattan area.
0: Wow. That's just astounding. So, yeah, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com for a quick link to our conversation with Anna Fifield. Uh, it's really just terrific, and the book's really good, too, but we asked her obviously we talked for a while about the nuclear negotiations and um while she's uh you know and definitely of the mind that Kim Jong-un's a rational actor the rest of it she arrives at the same conclusion we have for a long time and a lot of people have it's unlikely to be successful the north Koreans are good at stringing you along and kind of making half measures and 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 it would be It's difficult to imagine what would motivate Kim Jong-un to say, okay, all right, this is my insurance to keep my regime alive and never be invaded, but I'll give it up. That's a tough nut to crack. Anyway, it's the best person I've heard on North Korea, so I hope you can check that out. I think you're all going to become aware of the name Hunter Biden. That's Joe Biden's son. Uh, He's got a number of uh, irons in the fire. Bit of a uh, complicated fella. Kind of, it turns yeah, out hell of a complicated life going on right now. I don't know how much how much drain that is on the old man, but right. right or or if he was a rotten rotten human, and I think he is actually. What does that have to do with Joe Biden? Potentially a lot. Anyways, there's sex involved. There's there's money involved. There's influence. We'll bring you up to speed on that whole story on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We are not at war with Iran. We almost were last night, or at least on our end of it. I don't know if they'd have retaliated, but uh, we had warlike acts acts uh, underway. Planes in the air. Missile targets ready to go. And ten minutes before, the president changed his mind, and Marshall will have that in his news coming up in a little bit. And those who would... Uh take shots at the president like uh, Kellyanne Conway's old man is immediately gone to the he's stupid. How could he He just found out there'd be 150 people dead at the end? How could that be? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's politics. It's the business he's in, so that's fine. I just, I don't know. I just find it vexing and annoying. I found it annoying when people would ascribe the worst possible explanations to uh, Barack Obama's actions. And I thought he was... A terrible president in a lot of ways, just policy-wise. But I didn't feel need the need to take unfair shots at him. You know, that's a bad policy. That's a good shot. He's so, stupid. Is <laughs> come on. So, uh, you know, the whole Joe Biden dust up with Cory Booker, right? Joe Biden said the thing about working with segregationists and they never called me boy. And Cory Booker said that uh, Biden needs to apologize. And Biden said, you need to apologize to me. Yeah. And so apparently Biden called Cory Booker last night and both people are saying the phone call went well. And Biden's camp is saying he did not apologize, but the phone call went well. Mm, uh, I have a transcript right here. Okay. Uh, How's my boy? Boy, oh, boy. Let's keep this between us boys, said Biden.
3: Well, according to like, some reports, seems like a poor choice of words. <laughs> Joe Biden is a dummy. This fascination um, with did did you apologize? Did you say you were sorry? Will you apologize? Yes, now, yes. hug and make up. It's all about making the wrong
0: magical incantations with the politically right. correct. And the crowd. only way to deal with that is to say, no, I'm not apologizing, because otherwise it just never ends. Right. But um. Uh, but so Joe Biden's got a, a son named Hunter Biden. And maybe you've been seeing this news story b- burble up in particularly conservative news about how Hunter Biden made money off of Ukraine and China with the influence of uh, Dad being vice president. Now, that's the important story. Yes. There is an underlying, and I don't know if this is going to have any effect on Joe Biden's campaign. I mean, it is his kid, and your kid having a, a rough go of it can, uh, can wear you out. How about if your kid's 50 years old? Mm. I don't know how much... T- I don't know. I have no. I don't know what that's so like. I would hate to have my parents have to answer for my activities at this point in my life. <laughs> right. You know. But anyway, so he, Hunter Biden, who was married to his dead brother's wife. Right. We all that. His brother died of cancer. Right. Paul Biden. That's why Joe Biden didn't run for president last time around. And then the living son ended up leaving his family, wife and kids, to marry his deceased brother's. Wife joined that film, I and mean, it seemed to be for real, and it lasted quite a while and everything like that. Anyway, they got a divorce, and then 10 days or a few days ago, he got married to a South Australian Instagram model chick who he'd known for 10 days. Yes. Really young, hot blonde. Well, and you left out that marriage number two dissolved partly because he'd spent all their money on hookers and drugs and partying. Um, right, so and now he's got the Arkansas gal, and I did leave out that he got booted out of the military for cocaine abuse, right, so he s- seems to have a bit of that, so he got his military career and his first marriage ended at least partially because of his hard partying. Mm. And now he's uh, recently married some young hottie, which might be perfectly fine, but you never know. And and then some woman who looks remarkably like the hottie he married yes. from uh, Arkansas came out yesterday and said she's got uh, his kid. It's 10 months old and I want some money. Oh, that's right. I had it back. I was thinking he married the South African hottie and not the Arkansas doppelganger, but it was the opposite. Okay. So, Wow. But anyway, so he, he did a baby with this woman in Arkansas, which, you know, whether he even remembers that relationship, I don't know. But so he's got uh, a, a brand new wife he's known for for weeks. He's got a woman that says, hey, this is my kid. Right. That's a lot of pressure. And now yesterday, Good Morning America, the mainstream media finally took a look at the how did you end up making so money, much money in Ukraine with your dad involved as vice president? Here's the deal, which could be a scandal, could be. This Hunter Biden is inexplicably put on the boards of various companies that as a, you know, as a hard partying kicked out of the military for coke what leading light of business finds himself on the uh, the board of Burisma Holdings which is doing a bunch of natural gas business in Ukraine their company gets investigated for corruption and Joe Biden, famously on tape, and we should have gotten you the tape, but maybe you've heard it, I have many times, um, tells the story laughingly of how he called up the uh, the Ukraine government and said, you got to get rid of this prosecutor that's investigating. And uh, the next day, he was gone. Old Joe tells the story. Uh, what? So, your coke Snorton's son is inexplicably on the boards of various big international companies. And then you call when they get in trouble. That ain't right. So I don't know if this story has legs, but Good Morning America, just taking a look at it, the mainstream media is starting to pick up on it, could be a problem. And then the kid's personal life, which looks like it's pretty messy. I don't know if that's a drain on dad or not. I have no idea. Yeah, there was a book uh, entitled Secret Empires, How the American Political Class Hides Corruption and Riches, Family and Friends that mentions that uh, Hunter and uh, Joe went together on Air Force Two to Beijing. They return, and Hunter's firm gets a billion-dollar private equity deal from the Chinese government. In the days that follow, doesn't look
2: good. No, um, yeah, we'll, a good hear, time, we'll Joe? hear more about that. What's coming up? In your news, marshal Trump calls off attack in Iran. Fallout on all sides. We'll get into that coming up. Yeah, there are details coming on that,
0: out on that by the moment, and we'll have the latest next on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty. <laughs>
2: Who knows what twist and turn of history this was, for better or worse. Let's get the news now of Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is confirming the U.S. military was cocked and loaded for a retaliatory strike against Iran. It sounds was- like we were beyond cocked and loaded. We were squeezing the trigger. Yep. In a series of tweets this morning, Trump said he canceled strikes on three Iranian sites at the very last minute. Trump is saying that the airstrikes uh, would not have been proportionate to shooting down an unmanned drone. He said he was told that an estimated 150 people would die in Iran. So Trump noted he is in no hurry and insisted Iran can never have nuclear weapons. Now, yesterday... In the afternoon, there was a briefing with uh, Senators and President Trump. Coming out of the briefing, President uh, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham came out swinging. So here's what Iran needs to get ready for. Severe pain inside their country. That their capabilities pale in comparison to ours, we're not going to let them disrupt navigation of the seas, attack our allies and U.S. interests without paying a price. So... If they're itching for a fight, they're going to get one. Democrat Senator Chuck Schumer came out of the meeting worried. I told the president that these
0: conflicts have a way of escalating. The president may not intend to go to war here, but we're worried that he and the administration may bumble
3: into a war.
0: It's such a tough call. I mean, you know, you you can end up in a war by not striking. Right, because you encourage them to go further, and you end up, and you you're no, you have no choice. So, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not clear cut ever. It's a tough, tough call. It's got to be by far the hardest thing any president ever does, since it's on you completely. Well, it's not supposed to be, but I was listening this morning to some conversation about the authorization for war that Congress passed after nine eleven. The fact that that still gets brought up in, in these circumstances is crazy. It's practically comedic.
3: It is. So, but, so what did that change? So,
0: so Congress, after 9-11, authorized President Bush to fight back against the terrorists on 9-11. And it was th- an attempt to exercise the constitutional duty of Congress to declare a war. Because only Congress can declare war. So, Whatever that means uh, at this point. Ever since then, every everything Bush did, everything Obama did, and everything Trump will do, they use that authorization for. So this is part of Al- Osama bin Laden attacking right. 9-11 gives the president the right to do anything in Iran. And it's all because... All these people in Congress have no balls and are so cowardly, they don't want to have to vote either yes or no. That way, they can stand on the sidelines, and after it goes wrong, or right, but after it goes wrong, they can complain, I wouldn't have done that. Right.
2: Or if it goes right. against it, I
0: thought it was a good idea all along. Right. But they will not vote on it because they don't want to have to v- vote because that's what Obama did with Hillary. H- hit her over and over again right. for authorizing the Iraq war. It's just it's amazing that we've ceded all that power to the president. Well, and for what it's worth, the, the prehistory of 9 11 was that the administrations would just call wars police actions. Police actions, yeah. Or other, you know, Orwellian uh, terminology. Say, well, it's not a declared war, it's just right. a, a quick, and connect- police action that may take 15 years and cost uh, hundreds of thousands of lives, but it's not a war. Yep, that's and what so happened in Vietnam. The yeah. entire constitutional question has been rendered ridiculous. And listen, this So we is... literally have given one person the power to declare war and carry it out. Yeah, yeah. In, in absolute, complete defiance of the Constitution. On the other hand, I will tell you this, we need a a, a serious discussion... A legislative approach to this question because declaring war, war in general, is so different in the modern era than it was in the 1770s. Fine. Sit around and talk about it. Work it out in Congress. Come up with something. But the idea that ISIS is part of 9-11, that's what Obama was able to claim, or that this would be part of 9-11 is crazy. Yeah.
2: Meanwhile, today, major airlines from around the world are saying they're rerouting their flights to totally avoid areas around the Strait of Hormuz out of an excess of caution. And they are not giving up in Hong Kong. Hundreds of protesters massing outside Hong Kong government offices, with some of them blocking traffic on major thoroughfares, others occupying a lobby of the government tax office. The new actions coming after a deadline passed for meeting their demands related to that controversial extradition legislation that many see as eroding the territory's judicial independence. And I know I'm this guy. And on the first
0: day of summer, longest day of the year, probably nobody wants to hear this on a Friday. But this is how the past world wars, particularly World War One, has started with people bumbling into war. So if we got into with Iran, we attack Iran, they fight back, we're in a full-on war. China says now's our time. We're deal- dealing with this Hong Kong situation now because nobody's going to say anything.
2: Indian and Pakistan Taiwan, maybe, in, and
0: yeah. maybe Taiwan, and Indian Pakistan say we're going to deal with this whole whose border whatever right now. Right. And and Russia says here's our chance. We're going into these countries that we have. And pretty soon, everybody's doing everything everywhere. Wow. That's how it happens. Wow. Well, it's been a while since you've worked the World War III beat. It's good to have you back.
2: <laughs> the first three picks of last night's NBA draft were pretty much as expected.
3: With the first pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select... Zion Williamson from Duke University. There you go. There's a
0: team called the Pelicans? Yes. <laughs> so they lost their last great player a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. now they got a new great player. Yeah. Who's mm. thinking? Oh, good. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's got to. That's got to be rough.
2: I don't know if you've been following it, but the U.S. And women's national team is on top after their two-zip victory over Sweden at the Heck 2019 yeah, take that, Sweden.
3: soccer. It's two-nil. Marshall, go ahead. The U.S. Pitch.
0: You know, if they hadn't bragged so much after beating yeah. that one awful team, I think this story would have caught on more, and it would be more of a thing going. But it kind of they kind of killed it right at the beginning. Well, nobody showboated was, all the game long. It was terrible. Nobody wanted to jump yeah. on the whole train of like building yeah. this up. Counterpoint: yeah.
3: Keep us out of the net if you don't want us dancing on your faces. Oh <laughs> boy! Oh no!
0: Oh
2: no! U.S. has now won its first three matches with no goals conceded. That's wow. right. They'd blanked
3: everybody. Yes,
2: they are destroying people.
3: Has, has, yes. Have
0: any of the teams got the, bowl, the ball on our side of the field even?
3: I, in, in game two, after all the pushback from the over-celebration, right. I think one of the The uh, one of the ladies came over and did a little golf clap. Oh, nice. After the thing, is just kind of a deal. Like, I, I some good, sarcasm. I'm, I'm a big fan of this team. I can't wait to see him play the actual World Cup proper.
0: Well, and the goalkeeper's getting a chance to study for her uh, MBA. <laughs> They're in the goal.
3: <laughs> That's your news.
0: Hey,
2: hey! give me a heads up if the ball comes down here, would you? She says to one of the defenders. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
0: So we're going to talk to a national security reporter from the Washington Post about the very latest, and this is a uh, being updated moment by moment story on uh, Trump not pulling the trigger last night. You giving it the thumbs up or the thumbs down right now? Me? Trump backing off. Oh, it's too early to tell. Well, you gotta, you got to choose one. You're a talk I show do? You're a radio talk show host. Sheemany. was either a good idea do or a bad idea. Do I get to, to think about it? No. Right now you have to decide. Was it a good idea or a bad idea? Great idea. I'm 100% <laughs> in support of the president. <laughs> and anybody who suggests otherwise is probably a commie.
3: Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty.
4: The
2: Armstrong and Getty Show. Really, Michael. But this is something, this is a new wrinkle. This is a new fly in the ointment, what happened shooting down the drone. And uh, this country will not stand for it, that I can tell you. That was Trump
0: yesterday. When they were still discussing all day long uh, an attack. And then at the last moment, he changed his mind. Yes, he played Danger Zone, Kenny Loggins from the movie Top Gun, which was about fighter pilots. Really, Michael? Playing volleyball all oiled up. Missy Ryan is a reporter covering the Pentagon, military issues, and national security for the Washington Post and joins us now. Missy, welcome. How are you?
4: Hi, thanks. Doing well.
0: So obviously uh, this uh, play is ongoing, and uh, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of hours or the next couple of days, but the last 24 hours has been uh, notable.
4: It has been a a wild ride uh, over the last day, um, to be sure. From the news first breaking that there was uh, a U.S. drone shot down to the planned strike and then that being called off um, late. Um, yesterday, the news breaking that President Trump had authorized a strike and then pulled back at the last minute.
0: Do we know who was in the room arguing which sides of whether or not we should strike?
3: No, on
0: the well, the uh, She didn't like the Kenny no. Loggins commentary.
3: Dodging the question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep, just oh. bailed on us. Right there.
3: Enemy of the people. I haven't heard a dial tone in a long time.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I haven't either. I didn't even know you could still get a dial tone. It's been a while since a woman hung up on me. It (laughs) brought back old (laughs) memories. I didn't know you could still get a dial tone by hanging up. Me neither. That was wild.
3: Is that an app? Is that a new software thing? Oh, right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's a 99
0: cent app. Yeah. Because in the modern world, your girlfriend hangs up on you. You just think the phone, the call got dropped. Hello, can you hear me? You wonder how long have I been talking and we been I can't hear you. Was that me right. or did you hang up? No, I don't I, know. I right. drove under
3: a bridge. I'm and not then sure. Then you call
0: each other back at the same moment. And it, oh, boy.
3: It went to voicemail when I called.
0: <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> Which All is right. inexplicable.
3: Um, so if you haven't heard
0: the story, um, it would seem that. Pompeo, Bolton, and, uh, and Senators Lindsey Graham and, and uh, Tom Cotton all day long were making the argument hard for attacking. Mm-hmm. I don't know who was on who, uh, how many people were on Trump's side of not We were bombing. just uh, asking Missy Ryan of the Washington Post that question when the uh, phone line went dead. Missy, do we have any indication of who was pitching the, uh, the be careful, wait uh, line of action?
4: So we don't have a great deal of visibility at this point into what happened. In the there was a meeting yesterday morning at the White House that was a cabinet meeting um, to discuss the military options vis-a-vis Iran. You know, normally, what would happen in a situation like this is the military leadership would present an array of options that have been already um, uh, subjected to legal vetting that commanders feel like um, can be accomplished that will provide some sort of, in this case, punitive um, action against the Iranian government. Um, but um, we know that Ambassador Bolton, from the um, from the time um, he became National Security Advisor, President Trump has been arguing hard for a much harder stance. Um, to Iran, and you can only assume that he was the leading voice uh, in the room um, uh, arguing for taking action against Iran. There's been some ambivalence at the Pentagon for months. We've heard, um, it, on one hand, concern about these threats that they detected on American military personnel in the Middle East, particularly in Iraq. Um, U.S. troops are seen as vulnerable because they're sort of cheek cheek to jowl with the, these um, Iranian-backed militias in base, on bases across of, um, across Iraq. Um, but on the other hand, there's concern about the potential for escalation and then the, the risks that that will um, pose to American forces in the region. So, you know, I think that um, my my um, gut is that the military leaders in the room, you know, feel like they need to present the options to the president, who's the commander-in-chief, and is the authorization to decide to do whatever he wants, essentially, but also um, – provide the necessary context to um, do this in a way that isn't needlessly escalatory
0: since you mentioned the president has the authorization i've heard some people saying it's part of that agreement we made after 9-11 to go after al-qaeda i mean is it still under that that the president would be operating
4: no, I think in this instance they're not relying on the 2001 authorization for the use of military force. There, as you um, say, there has been some controversy in the last week or two about whether or not um, the 2001 AUMF, which was authorized to um, respond to the 9-11 attacks, could be used to conduct offensive military option against Iran. That is not what they're doing right now. The way that this is being described is self-defense. Um, and so, you know, I think that they were, you're going to hear some members of Congress questioning their ability um, to um, have a sort of wide array of actions that they can take under self-defense. They'll say, okay, well, is this really self-defense? If you're, um, if you're not in immediate danger, can you, can you conduct a retaliatory attack, especially one that is larger than the initial attack? Can you do that legally? Um, but that's a debate that you're seeing. But this is the way that they're framing it, and, and- the administration- Um, um, insist that they have the ability to kind of do whatever they want to defend uh, U.S. security.
0: Well, that seems to have been the history of the last 50 years. Missy Ryan of the Washington Post is on the line. So let's uh, remember the the big picture here that the Trump administration walked away from the joint agreement and are looking for a better, more productive agreement out of the Iranians. And they are, uh, you know, Iran is definitely suffering under the sanctions. Uh, Is there any sign that uh, Iran wants to come to the table to talk about any of this stuff?
4: Uh, In the past, there have been some signs that they would be willing to do so. At the same time, you know, the the message from the Trump administration has been sort of um, that capitulation um, is the only um, uh, path for the Iranians to do so, and that makes it much harder for them politically to be able to, um, uh, you know, talk about negotiating with the United States, which, of course, is their largest adversary for 40 years. Um, So, you know, it's it's difficult for me to imagine a scenario in the near term um, because of this maximum pressure campaign, because of these this very stringent and far-reaching set of conditions that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has laid out for Iran um, to achieve before it can be you know, considered a normal country. It's hard to imagine a scenario where the two sides can, can, can sit down.
0: Missy Ryan covers the Pentagon, military, national security for The Washington Post. Missy, thanks a million. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Back to work, I'm we, sure. We got this text about the women's soccer team that is trouncing everybody they play. Hasn't Speaking had a, of international relations. Another reason nobody cares is that our women's soccer team kneels for our anthem in foreign countries. Does that happen? Is that true or not? Is, I haven't heard anything what? about that. Can somebody Google that? What? Is that the Googling? I don't know anything about this. That might not be true. Don't, don't don't tell your friends you heard on the Armstrong and Getty show. I don't have any idea. I just read this text. Wow. I'll be dang. I need to know this. That would be troubling. <laughs> um. Ah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the fact that it's been discussed in recent weeks under the authorization from nine eleven, can we get involved with Iran? I just it's, it's so crazy. What a crazy way to run a country. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Nobody has the guts to, to to argue the the point. Well, and you could talk. You could run around the tree of that discussion for twenty four straight hours. And get to know a conclusion, and everybody would just still be arguing at each other. I find the whole conversation just tiring, honestly. Well, I think it pretty clearly
3: no answer. I think it pretty
0: clearly is not part of the 9/11 attack.
3: It looks like there is a player of the U.S. women's national team who who did kneel uh, during the the anthem, but it's not a team wide thing, as far as get I get on tell. your damn feet. That's ridiculous. Does you're
0: representing what, your country in a foreign land, and you're taking a knee. Does she say Stop. what she's protesting?
3: Um, the the earlier stories I heard interviewed with her, she was upset with the 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 removal of pride flags at U S embassies around the world, which all happened right. earlier this month or yeah, last, it was just last an month. Announcement something like that. That they
0: wouldn't be flying them, but yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, okay. that's the okay. best I can
3: tell. What her her super?
0: Was. All right, fine. <sighs> All of a sudden, I'm just exhausted by the world.
3: (laughs) Exhausted Uh, by the world, the Joe
0: Getty story. You know, it's cute. Uh, My 19-year-old daughter was texting me a little earlier. For some reason, she was asking what time of day she was born. Hmm. Um, and I don't know why, I wonder if she came across some sort of article. The time of day you were born determines your personality. Well, or, or some people believe it's got to do with whether you're a morning person or a night person. I don't believe. Is that right? right? Yeah, I hadn't heard that one. Well, she was uh, born via C-section because uh, she was believed to be a giantess um, by the <laughs>
3: <A> giantess
0: <laughs> by the uh, obstetrician. <laughs> Not just a giantess. Um, they thought she was going to be so big that it might injure her and my uh, my darling bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it turns out she was quite strapping, but not nearly as large as I thought. But anyway, so you know, it was a, a C-section. I um, and it's funny going back and forth. I she said thanks, Dad, and I said no problem. I remember it pretty well. It was a really happy day, and she said I'll bet. Um, and it was funny. I was just thinking, I was philosophizing in my mind about how, and I remember my parents making references to that sort of thing when I was a kid. And as a kid, it, it's nice to hear. It's just vaguely embarrassing, but you're like, uh, but. You look at it as if you are inevitable. I was inevitable. Of course I was of course I was born. I mean, let's not make that big a deal over the fact that I was born. Naturally, I was born. Um, where from the parents' perspective, the kid is not inevitable and not at all. And beyond that, which always has blown my mind, you have sex the next day instead of the day you had sex, and you got a completely different person. You're having sex with the same woman, right? Well, right. Okay. But you'd have a completely different Unless you Hunter Biden. They would look different. They'd act different. They'd, have, they'd be different. They'd just be, be a different person. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know that much about genetics. I mean, I got the high school version of it down, but uh, which swimmer wins the race matters, right? Right. Much like in the Olympics. But it would have been a different <laughs> swimmer on a different day. Just bench. like that. I wonder if my swimmers better not have been taking a knee. Phone rings during coys, you decide to stop, you have a different person. I mean, that's mind-blowing. You'd stop if the phone rang? I wouldn't. More likely to break my phone. Yeah. (laughs) Or shoot it with a gun. I would say, what phone? You're armed (laughs) during this scenario? I'll call him back. That's that's how he gets excited. He's got to have a gun in the room. It's weird. Wow. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Thank you for that. don't have time to clarify, unfortunately.
2: Armstrong and Getty.